Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one, because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to the one who, fall, who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one alone keep warm? And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not easily broken. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Commitment Sunday. I had I had drill this weekend, and uh, I uh, I put in for approval a couple months ago to uh, to move my drill uh, from um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so I could be here and worship this morning. And uh, and so the rest of my unit is doing a PT test this morning. So thank you. But I'm not sure what's more painful, doing a PT test or preaching your final stewardship sermon of the year, right? There's an equal amount of discomfort in both. And yet, um, as we come into this time, over the last couple weeks, we've been uh, talking about stewardship. We've been talking about commitment and impact and uh, ways that, um, that, that we take faithful steps in the kingdom of God that... Um, that, that spread out and ripple in, in waves of grace and mercy of uh, things that we can't even imagine the way that God changes the world through uh, small little faithful steps that we take. And so over the last several weeks, uh, for those of you that were members of the church or had contributed over the, the last year, you'd received a, uh, an estimate of giving card in the mail. And, and I'd asked over the last couple weeks for, uh, for you to pray, ooh, for you to pray about that. That was pretty Jedi. Did you all see that? Just <laughs> caught that right out of the air. Uh, for y'all to pray about um, this card and that for the last two weeks, as this has been a prayer tool for you, that uh, as of today, these become planning tools for, for me and the other pastors and the leaders of the church as we begin to think about ministry and programs and priorities that, that we can invest in over this next year. And so uh, we'll have a portion of the service that if you brought your estimate of giving card, that during the last song that uh, you have the option of coming to bring in that and presenting it at, um, to, in these baskets or at the altar at the front of the sanctuary. If you'd like to pray, then, then that's open and available to you. Or after the service, if you'd like to come and, and just kind of put those here in the altar in the offering plates, then we'd love to kind of start receiving those. But, but I don't really want to talk too much uh, about that today. Uh, because over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about um, the impact that we make. And we've been using this, this image of a stone kind of skipping across water. And the way that the ripples and water spread out in awesome and incredible ways. But I don't really want to talk about uh, water today either. I want to talk about dirt. And I want to talk about fire. And I want to talk about paper. Uh, because it was... Um, over 120 years ago that a group of families here in our area uh, got together and said, um, we want to have a church where we can come and, and hear God's word preached and we can pray together and we can impact our community together. And, and at that time, uh, the community was called Siluria. 
And around 1903, uh, these families started praying about finding some space here in this area to to join a circuit of other uh, Methodist churches, Methodist Episcopal churches, uh, particularly here in the South. They were Methodist Episcopal churches South. And in 1904, those families uh, finally got together and purchased some land from the Siluria Cotton Mill uh, to start a church just just down the road here for uh, the earth-shattering price of one dollar. One dollar of investment that launched Siluria Methodist Episcopal Church South. That's quite a name, that's quite a long mouthful. We've changed our name several times since then. But that one conversation launched a church that uh, met as part of a circuit, as many of y'all are familiar with kind of Methodist history, as uh, the preachers that came rode on circuits, and, and they would often visit different churches during uh, different times of the month. And so uh, Siluria, Methodist Church at the time, the Methodist Episcopal Church, they met um, at least two Sundays a month if, if the preacher could get there, right? Now, some of y'all say, that is a church schedule I can get behind, but they began sort of growing, and they began praying more and, and having an even larger impact. And uh, after about 25 years, um, they eventually became a station church, uh, which means they could have services every Sunday as more families in the area began to kind of come. And, and, and this particular congregation became uh, the largest one on that circuit to where eventually they got their own uh, pastor that could lead their services each and every Sunday. And so uh, they met that way from 1924 um, until the mid-40s where they said, uh, man, God is still continuing uh, to stir up something incredible in our midst. And through their prayers, their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness, they became uh, kind of putting their heads together and, and trying to decide what the next step in their future was. And uh, in the mid-40s, they decided to uh, purchase and build a, a new sanctuary and a new church just up the road here closer to then what was Alabaster. And um, just right across the street where the founding church is, they they purchased that land and they built a sanctuary for $20,000. $1 to $20,000. And in February 1950, they had a worship service that was attended by over 300 people. But was interesting, when I read the newsletter clippings about it, uh, those 300 people weren't all Methodists. In fact, the Baptist church came and worshiped that Sunday as well. Kind of pumped those numbers up a little bit, right? But they came to prayerfully support them. They came to uh, launch this new chapter in the ministry of the church. They came to be a part of what God was doing, uh, not just in one congregation, but in our entire community. And in a way that churches kind of came together in that moment was just an awesome and incredible thing to see. And so from February 1950, as uh, they, they worshiped in the sanctuary on what's now the Fellowship Hall, if you go across the street to, um, to the founding church, uh, they worshiped there for several years. And, um, and again, for, you know, another 25 years or so, they, they began to grow and expand. They built an education wing. They, they put uh, additional floors in. And, and, yeah, God was still moving in some awesome and incredible ways. And so they started looking for some more dirt. And eventually, in the 80s, uh, they began to break ground on a brand new sanctuary, which we have where our present day sanctuary is at the founding church as well. 
And just before Christmas in uh, December uh, 1983, the year that I was born, they worshiped in their first worship service in a $300,000 sanctuary. They raised that $300,000 in 48 hours. Just an incredible expression of, of believing what God was doing in their midst and, and the ministry that they were having in the community. Um, the way that things have grown and expanded, the ways that those ripples that started with just a couple families that, uh, that had been praying together in Siluria now had sort of woven its way through the history of this area in some awesome and incredible ways um, of the way that ministry had grown. Um, and, and they worshipped in that sanctuary until that sanctuary was just barely a teenager, right around 13 years old in uh, July 1996, um, possibly some electrical wiring or another cause of a fire swept through that sanctuary and burned it to the ground. Uh, one of the first pictures that, uh, that one of the firefighters here at the fire department shared with me was uh, him sitting on the ground outside of our sanctuary after they had finished putting that fire out. Now, in some ways, that can be traumatic and discouraging and, and really wondering what, what God's purpose and what God's mission was. And yet, uh, the church rebounded in some awesome ways. And again, communities of faith came together and they, they prayed together. They supported each other. They shared facilities at different times. And, and, and many of y'all are part of that history of the way that you've seen God kind of uh, move through that one incident to still show that, that God's spirit was moving in awesome and incredible ways. And the sanctuary was rebuilt in, in a beautiful way. And then not some years after that, the Church was still growing and, and moving and ministries were still expanding and making impacts in awesome and incredible ways. And so uh, the church began to look around for uh, some new dirt. And, and their eyes moved from one parking lot uh, across this one to this shopping center. And in 1996 purchased uh, this shopping center for $4.9 million. That $1 bill has gone a long way. In just that short amount of time. And over that time, as this space was renovated in different portions that were sold and changed in some different ways, we, we find ourselves in kind of our current footprint with uh, everything around us and the worship services we experience and the ministries that impact the community really expanding out in some awesome and incredible ways that I don't think those families in 1903 could ever have imagined what would happen in this community. You are part of a legacy of faith that echoes and expands beyond anything we can possibly imagine. And so we find ourselves at a very interesting chapter in the history of our church. As our church and our denomination has gone through expansion and growth and division and coming back together, our, our history as Methodists and our history here in Alabaster has, has traced the history of our communities and the history of our nation and the incidents of the world. And, and we've changed right along with them in crazy and interesting ways. And yet, and yet God has always been with us. And I believe that God will continue to be with us in awesome and incredible ways. 
Now, as I was reading through these stories and newspaper clippings that have been left for me as the senior pastor and binders and uh, reading different articles that I could find on the internet about our church and uh, even reading through the histories of what we had, uh, one of my friends uh, visited our website and pointed out um, that when we talk about ourselves, a lot of times what we talk about are our buildings and our spaces. We talk about the dirt. We talk about the stones, we talk about the fires, we, we talk about the ways that we've grown in relation to the buildings that we've had. And yet, when I, when I read the story about the fire in 1996, I think what hit me the most was that it's not really the buildings that I began to kind of fall in love with as I learned the stories, it was the people. In early 2020, uh, one of the saints of our church uh, named Amos Miles passed away. And, uh, and as I uh, went over and spent some time with the family, uh, his son Terry shared with me uh, a, couple, a couple artifacts that Amos had picked up from the church. Uh, a Bible and a, and a New Testament and Psalms book that were in the sanctuary the day that it burned still charred from the fire as some of the few things that survived that particular moment. And, uh, and, and uh, Terry used to tell Amos, you know that's not your Bible, right? Well, Terry, he wrote his name in it, man. <laughs> but what I love most about this is that even though the building and the bricks and the carpet and the space burned, what this Bible and this psalm book represent is that we are so much more than our buildings and our spaces. We are so much more than the obstacles and the hardships that we face. We are part of something so much bigger than what we've ever imagined in this life. We are a people of the word. We are a people of song. We are a people of impact that come together in awesome and incredible ways uh, to make differences in the world in ways that we take one faithful step and God makes that echo throughout eternity. You change lives by coming together and doing the work of ministry together. I have, I have no context what those congregations thought would happen in 1903 when they spent that one dollar to, sp to, to start a church. But I understand the work that is ahead of us today as we continue uh, to think about ministry as the way that we've seen our communities change, the way we want to build relationships and, and be there with people during times of difficulty to where we want to, to be the hands and feet of God right here in this community in a way that impacts the community in awesome and incredible ways. The author of the book of Ecclesiastes, he wrote that two is better than one. And the author wrote about the ways that, that in times of difficulty, in, in times of darkness, in, in times of adversity, that when we find ourselves by ourselves, it feels so overwhelming. It feels so isolating. And yet when only just one person comes alongside us, that one person all of a sudden makes things seem possible again. All of a sudden things that seemed hopeless seem hopeful. All the things that seem broken all of a sudden have a horizon of feeling like they can be rebuilt again. 
All of a sudden, life becomes a little bit more bearable when one person walks alongside us and says, I want to be a part of your life. And when we come together in ministry, we see God take one small thing and grow it in exponential ways. When somebody came to Jesus and asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment that you have? What is the greatest commandment that if all else in scripture was commentary, what is the one thing that we could hang our hat on? Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. One rabbi put it that all the rest of the Bible is a commentary on that one commandment. That that one commandment connects us in relationship with God, but it also connects us in relationship with our neighbors and and even more so in relationship with who God has created us to be. Sometimes we're the first ones to, to fall out of love with who God has created us to be because we allow ourselves to be defined by the world rather than defined by the God who created us. Jesus' greatest expression of how we serve God is to love God, to be in relationship with others, and love God who God has created us to be. It's doing ministry in all directions, in waves of grace and ripples of love that expand even greater than anything we can possibly imagine. And we get to do that work together. Just look at what happens in worship right here on a Sunday morning when we join our voices together. When it's not just one person on the microphone, but an entire congregation together singing God's praise, asking for movements of healing, asking for movements of hope in our lives and our friends' lives in this community, and just see how incredible of an impact that makes in the lives of those that participate in worship. Just look at what's happened over the last several years that that worship has grown not just just people that can make it in the room on that day, but expanding in ways over uh, signals and circuits to where people all over the country and the world can experience it. And I know that because my mama watches every week now. God takes these small and faithful steps and grows them in ways that we never could have imagined. Now, I think it's interesting to see the investment of a dollar over the last several years of of the ministry of our church. To purchase the land for our first church for a dollar, and now for us to look around and all the space that we can see here around us, we look across the parking lot to the founding church where we'll have worship services and children's ministry and events all throughout today. Millions of dollars of property and investment all coming together because we believe that God is doing something in this community and we want to be a part of it. When each of us contribute and tithe in small ways, those faithful impacts get expanded in awesome and incredible ways. In just some very simple math, if if 100 people a week gave $5, that $5 across those 100 people in a year represents over $24,000 in ministry. Just, just small impacts that a single dollar makes when we do work together. 
When one person decides that they want to take a step out and they want to volunteer for vacation Bible school and so they go to their small group or their Sunday school class and say, hey, I really want to do this, but I'm, I'm a little nervous about doing it alone because uh, what person isn't nervous about teaching vacation Bible school? That's perfectly normal. I get it. But they get a couple friends and they come together and they're able to impact the next generation of kids in a way that, that allows that grace and that mercy to expand even further than they ever possibly could have imagined. Through different ministries and partnerships, through uh, the different ways that, that we've touched the community through the year and uh, addressing domestic violence and, and addressing suicide and, and addressing uh, the, the different ways that, that we as churches can come together to solve systemic problems that are here in our communities, those small faithful conversations and steps have incredible impacts in the world. And so when I think about us as a people, I don't think about our bricks and our dirt think about the impact that God has of what happens if just people come together to to pray just imagine the impact that dollar has just imagine how much impact your prayers have that when you come together to pray you move the very pillars of heaven that when you come together to sing God's praise the problems and the troubles of the world get shaken and start to crumble. And so the author of Ecclesiastes said two is better than one. But as the author closes out that section and said, and though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This church didn't let a fire break their cord. They didn't let a fire disrupt worship. They didn't let a fire disrupt decades of ministry. In fact, that fire launched a new burning desire to change this community and to come together in awesome and incredible ways. And so if a threefold cord is not easily broken, just imagine a 300-fold cord. Just imagine a thousand people. Just imagine this community coming together in prayer and purpose and impact of wanting to share grace and mercy and hope. Just what God can do to change our world. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me today? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for this time and this space. We give you thanks uh, for conversations that happened over uh, 120 years ago, God, that, that we are a product of legacy and faithfulness of those that have come together seeking after your purpose, Lord, seeking after your vision of how we can make a difference in the world around us. Lord, help us to find our place to see that we are a part of so much, something so much bigger than any one of us. That we are a legacy of prayers, of presence, of gifts, of service and witness. And Lord, we make impacts that spread further and go farther and longer than anything that we've ever imagined in this life. So as we join over 120 years of impact in this community, Lord, help us to find our place and how we can impact the church today for the years, the decades, and the time to come. 
as we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.